So how many of you here know me? Yeah, don't pretend like you don't know me. All of my wonderful friends came from Southern today. But the rest of you don't know me, right? You've never seen my face. You've probably never even heard the name Shelby, except for a Mustang or a Shelby Cobra or whatever, right? Beautiful vehicle. My mouth runs like it. That's the joke that my family says. <laughs> it's not a good thing. <laughs> but Jesus is working on me. So before we dive into another word of prayer, I want to share a little bit about myself so that you're kind of comfortable, like, why is this young girl here today? Why is she speaking? I guess I should say young woman. I'm 23 now. It's so weird being this age. I've been used to being knee-high for so long, and it feels like I finally have surpassed that, but I'm stuck at five foot, um, so I still feel very uh, childish because of my height. But it's such an honor to be here this Sabbath. Like, it's the Lord's day. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Amen. Oh, people in the house of the Lord today, they're speaking. So because um, you don't know anything about me, I'm going to share just a tad bit here. I am a theology major in the School of Religion at Southern Adventist University. Great school, wonderful school. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it today. I wasn't raised in the church. My family and I, we had a basic knowledge and understanding of Jesus, but that was it. We were Christian in title, but not in any way were we truly Christians. We would have been a very bad example to the world of what Christianity is supposed to be. I received the Holy Spirit when I was at the age of nine. My family and I, we were baptized by an Adventist friend of my grandfather's in the year 2015 after, just, after I had just had severe back surgery. My dad came to Southern Adventist University in 2018, where he took the SALT program. Have any of you heard of the SALT program? Awesome. Okay, so we kind of know what I'm talking about here. It is written School of Evangelism program, soul winning, and leadership training. Well, that program is so amazing and so God-filled that it changed my dad. It gave me the father figure I had always wanted growing up. Remember, I came from the world, right? I wasn't raised in the church, so that means home life was very toxic. I never really had a loving fatherly figure. He tried to love me to the best of his ability, but because he didn't know the author of love, he couldn't love me with the love that I as a child deserved to be shown. But salt changed that. Dad had his ways of the world. He was following Christ, and this program and he said, okay, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. Here I am, Lord, send me. And the program forever changed him. And little did we know it would forever change our lives. So, <laughs> amen, yes. So I said, if that program can do that for my father, how much more can it do for me? I'm going to go so I can become a better daughter for my family, but also a, a better steward for my parents. Okay, so then I went to Southern in 2019 for the SALT program. I was like, okay, Lord, if, if you can do that for my dad in 2018, what are you going to do for me now? Best year of my life. Best year of my life. I attended Southern, and I met, hopefully the clicker will work, these people. You can't really see us. We were one of the largest SALT classes to ever have taken place. We broke history, for it is written. We had around 34 students. Life was never the same. Meeting these people changed me. This program changed me. I, I had already started to fall in love with the Lord and learn how to serve the Lord and, and what it meant to be his child. 
But I lacked one thing, and it was the keys of evangelism. I didn't have these keys in my back pocket. But after taking this program, I did. So now wherever I go, to the grocery store, to the hospital, or wherever it may be, I can say, hey, how are you doing today? I can notice the downtrodden and come up to them and love them and not be afraid because I was trained on how to do it, how to love them, how to be gentle, meek, and lowly in spirit. Not saying, hey, have you heard of the Sabbath? No, oh, you're not saved then. Uh, Instead, it was, hey, I see that you're having a really hard day today. Is there anything I can pray for you? And with that, doors open and walls come down. So like I said, my life began to change. I gained the keys of evangelism. It was now in my back pocket, forever to be used. And what's really cool is this group of people that I was just telling you about, man, we're crazy. We were crazy together. That class, we worked together. So this church right here, this is the Udawa SDA Church. This is in Tennessee. This was my first ever evangelistic series that I was able to really help and serve with. We filled this hall. 300 people, less than four months. Door-to-door evangelism works. Meeting the needs in the community, offering people prayer or Bible studies, whatever the Spirit led to. We tried offering Bible studies because we wanted them to learn of prophecy, to see that the end is coming, that Christ is coming, and he's coming to take his children home. That's what we wanted to show these people, to give them hope. So this is kind of a part of me. Um, These people and I, we worked together, we prayed together, we cried together, we worked together, and like I said, we filled that meeting hall together by God's power and his grace, 300 people in less than four months. We, the ground workers, all took positions during these meetings. Some were in the upper room praying. Some of them didn't have the gift and the talent to speak with other people. They were awkward, they made it awkward. We're like, hey, go pray. You're our prayer warriors, okay? You're going to go to the upper room. Very biblical, very biblical. You're going to go to the upper room, and you're going to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us and upon the guests. And so they did. Oh, I'll have to tell you about one of those uh, miracles that actually happened during that time. Oh, okay, I'll tell you now. It's so exciting because I'm telling you about myself, right? So i got to share little experiences. So... We had people up there that spoke Spanish, didn't speak a lick of English. We had people that spoke English and not a lick of Spanish. We had people that spoke other languages and not any of the other two languages. I forget what it was. It was um, some people were like from Thailand and other countries and they spoke that language and they always had to have an interpreter with them and yet all of them were praying. And there were days where everyone understood each other's prayers. Oh, chills, chills. When God is in the room, boundaries come down. Walls come down. We can understand the heart of those that are in unity of Christ. That's exactly what would happen. Speaking in tongues, biblical tongues, took place. Understanding, no confusion. So like I said, we were working. We were crying together, praying together, working together. Some of us were in the upper room praying. They were our prayer warriors. Um, Some of us were greeters, table leaders, singers, Um, and so forth. We, a group of mere kids and adults who acted like children, were able to come together and lay aside our differences and become one people under one God, under one mighty God. Even though the trials of service were hard, God still was able to unite us. So now that you've learned a little bit about me, 
and I've been able to reminisce and get filled with some joy, which is a gift and a fruit of the Spirit, by the way, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is one of them, and I have been filled with joy after being able to reminisce. So let's pray, and let's get to preaching. Are y'all ready for the bread of life? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for joy. Thank you for memories. Thank you for allowing our minds to be able to where we can reminisce and remember the exact emotions and the exact feelings, Father. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your gentleness to me. Father, I need your Holy Spirit today so that this message can be presented the way you want it presented. Let the people not see Shelby, but see Jesus. Let them not hear a young lady, but let them hear the author and finisher, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, and the King of kings today. Fill us, we pray, in your precious son's name. Amen. Okay, so I said, are we ready for the bread of life? And I got some nods. Are we really ready? Are you ready to come out of church today changed? Now, when I say changed, does that scare you a little bit? Are you kind of like, oh, what do you mean by changed? I'm comfortable, right? I'm comfortable too, but change, change draws us closer to Christ. Complacency doesn't, but change does. So I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to share little stories because I'm a storyteller. I love, I learn through storytelling. Um, I don't know if any of you, if you ever liked when your teachers would stop teaching and start telling stories. Loved that. Thank you for the mental break. So I'm going to tell you a little story before we dive in. Because when I like really get going, I can't stop. And sometimes it's good to start slow, right? So this is a little, um, this is a person camping. They're in a sleeping bag, they're on the hard ground, and they're in a tent. How many of you have ever heard of Pathfinders? Praise God. Yes, sir. I'm in Pathfinders too. I'm a master TLT. Do you know what that means? Some of you know what that means. It's a big deal. I came into Pathfinders when I was 13. That was when I actually entered into the Seventh-day Adventist church, by the way. Um, was thrown into Pathfinders right away, and I was thrown into a TLT position. Had no idea what it was. Teen leader in training. Okay, here we go. So I was being trained on how to better serve my church and how to better serve myself and how to get to know God, to keep the morning watch. In this, I stayed in Pathfinders for a various amount of years. I helped. I volunteered. And they said, hey, you meet the requirements. We notice you as a leader. You've completed everything that a TLT is supposed to do, and now you're of age, you've graduated. Now you're allowed to lead, to teach, to preach, and to help the other leaders that were conference officials. So I got my black TLT shirt, I should have brought it. It's got the big TLT badge, but it's black. It's so cool. So I love it. So I'm a master TLT. I love Pathfinders. I have dedicated my life to it. Now, when you were in Pathfinders, any of you and some of you that are currently, what's one of your favorite memories from like a fall campery or a spring campery? 
Oshkosh. Okay, that's not those two, but that's even better, right? I've never been able to go to Oshkosh. Why was Oshkosh so special? So you loved seeing the masses. Awesome. Anyone else? Any memory of like a fall campery, a spring campery, or when you went to maybe Cahutta? Is it Cahutta Springs? Did any of you ever go there for, okay, so you've got some memories with that. It's a special place. Go ahead, hon. You went to Cahutta? Oh, it's exciting. So, Rhett, when you went to Cahutta, what was special? Please keep it short, my friend. Um, Okay. Amen. So it, okay, go ahead. That's wonderful. I love that. You guys gave such deep and meaningful things. I just love the activities. I just love being able to escape home because camp was my safe place. I come from the Iowa Missouri Conference, so Camp Heritage is my my safe place. It is my home away from home. Same with Southern, but camp is different because you spend so much of your life there as a pathfinder. So the point is, I loved it. I developed experiences. Same with all of you. Different experiences, right? We didn't attend the same things the same years. We didn't attend the same camping locations and experience the same things because I wasn't there. And you weren't with me when I had my experiences either. But we had amazing experiences nonetheless. So I went to an MAU TLT retreat. It's a Mid-America Union TLT retreat. Multiple people can come from all over. It's great. It's wonderful. And there I was able to be blessed to help lead a young girl to Jesus. She came from a troubled family. Nobody liked this club. And God had put on my heart, this is the last time you're going to be here for a while. Get to know the youth. Be the example I've called you to be. So I did. And I met this young lady and her brother. And by the last night, she came to me crying and said, is there really hope? Is there really hope? How did you do it? Can Jesus accept even somebody such as myself? How can he love me after all I've done? I've been baptized, and yet I went, and I was rebellious, and I did my things and my pleasures and my joys. I was disobedient to my family. I got into drugs. I got into sexual things. I did things I shouldn't have done. Can God really accept someone such as myself? And then I gave her this message that I'm giving all of you today. So we're going to get there, and you're going to figure out what I told that young girl. But nonetheless, I prayed with her. And she gave her heart to Jesus right then, right there, on the last night, the end of Sabbath. God was able to spend time with his precious girl, and she was able to have assurance that Jesus Christ loved even someone such as her. So now I'm going to ask you a question, and hopefully I get the response I'm hoping for. So what was the show of hands of people that have been in Pathfinders or heard of Pathfinders? Okay, nice, nice, awesome, lovely, me too. (laughs) So when I went to the MAU TLT retreat and I experienced all the fun activities, caving, ziplining, and all these other things, were y'all there with me? What? Why not? 
because life happens. And maybe you didn't know about it. Or maybe it was too far away. Or, again, life happens. We get busy. Things go on. And so we have to go on. But I got to have fun and I got to have the time of my life. But none of you got to experience it because you weren't there. And so it is for some of us here in the church today. Some of you are not experiencing what the others are experiencing. But how can that be, right? We're all hearing the same message. We're all coming to the same church for the most part. Let's just say the Seventh-day Adventist church. We're here. And yet some of us don't want to be here. Some of us do not have peace in the house of the Lord today. Some of you have been stuck in your head all week, trapped in your mind all week, that you couldn't even enjoy it. And out of all places, you're here today because you know you're supposed to be, but not necessarily because you want to be. Some of you are so insecure that even around your friends, you're feeling alone, maybe even overwhelmed or helpless. So I'm sure you're starting to get to the point of today's message. This isn't for those that are doing okay and are saved and wonderful. The message today is for those that need the physician. All of us need him at some point. All of us have a time of heartache. And if any of us are struggling because of the ways the world is treating us right now, struggling because of finances, struggling because the family is divided, struggling because of whatever life is throwing your way, if this is you today, or if you're the lost coin and you don't even realize you're lost, or the lamb that has come home today into the Father's house through those doors of the church today, if this is you to the one that is silently hurting, then this message is for you. Okay, enough chit-chat. Let's open up the Word of God. Please grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and let's see what Jesus has to say today in regards to those of who are allowed to come to the throne of grace. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. If you need time, please just say mercy, because I'm auditorial. And if you're there, just give me an amen. Okay, I'm hearing some mercies. I'll grant mercy. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Are we there? Okay. Amen. No more mercy. It's closed. Verse 28. Oh, let's get it on the screen for you too, actually. If it'll work. Thank you, Jesus. And it reads, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Mm. So what was the catch? You have to come to Jesus, but only if you are? Somebody said broken. What does the verse say? That labor, labor, that labor and are heavy laden. There's the catch. Is this going on in your life right now? Is this you? Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. And the promise is, if you're going through this and you come to me, then I will give you rest. 
That's the catch. There's always a catch, but it's always for our benefit. It's never for our downfall. So now continuing on, um, I'm actually, I want us to be able to read this again. This is from the, uh, the Passion Translation. Have any of you heard of the Passion Translation Bible? Neither have I, but I thought it was great. Oh, you have. Oh, look at you. You're ahead of us. Okay, <laughs> so it's a little hard to read here because this is in uh, red, but it says, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Whoa. Talk about relaxing. Talk about peaceful. Talk about hope-filled. Jesus wants to be our oasis. Now, does it say that all those that are perfect come to me? No, that's not what the verse said at all. We were, we were a little slow with that response. That worries me a little bit. Does Jesus says, all ye that are perfect, come unto me and I will give you rest? No. Does he say, all you that have it together in life and are doing great, come to me and I will give you rest? No. Instead, come to me. All ye that have broken families, that are struggling with debt, that are struggling with whatever it is that is burdening you, come to me. I've come for the broken. I didn't come for the healed. I came for you. So if you cling to me, I will give you the rest that you desire. Now we're going to turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 14. Mark chapter what? Perfect. I didn't speak too fast. Mark 10 and verse 14. If you're there, give me some amens. If you need time, please say mercy. Oh, we're there. Oh, I hear page flipping. I won't grant mercy because you didn't ask for it. 10 verse 14. There we go. Oops, stop it. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for as such is the kingdom of God. Whoa. That's deep. That's deep. Jesus saw the little children, saw that they were casting the children away, and he said, leave them alone. The kingdom belongs to such as these. And I, there's another version. I can't remember what it is, but I do have it here in my notes. It says, do not hinder them. That means get out of their way. If you don't have anything nice to say to the kids in the back or in the front, if you don't have anything good to guide them and help lead them to Jesus, get out of their way and let God be God. Let him teach them. Let him direct them. The Spirit of God is the author. He is the teacher. He is the guide. He is the director, and he is the comforter. So if we'll just get out of the youth's way, oh, whoa, the things that God will be able to do with them. To the ones in your church today, I hear that most of them are out on vacation, apparently. I didn't know little kids got vacations. But I see two in the church today, and you guys are kingdom kids. God's going to use you to change this world and shake this world. Now, a lot of us here today, including myself, though, we're not little kids anymore. I mean, I'm short, but I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm 23. I'm a woman. Whoa. Some of you are up there. You're not kids anymore. 
So how can you have this with Jesus? When he says, come to me, as, let me read it again. But then Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, do not hinder them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus would have to be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of God. If you haven't been born again and become a little child in Jesus Christ, then here's the catch. You can't come to him. But if you long for change, if you long for rest, and you long for freedom, and you say, Jesus, I need you, he says, okay, you're mine. Let's start anew. You're my child. You're my babe. You've been adopted in. You're my baby. And I will hold you with my righteous right hand, and I will guide you through the waters of life freely. John 7, 37 is the next verse that I will be headed to. John chapter 7 and verse 37. Do we need more time? No? Okay. 7, 37, and it reads, On the last day, that great day of the feast... Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I'll put that on the screen for y'all, too. I don't know if any of you can even read it, but it's there. So who's allowed to come to Jesus according to this passage? Anyone who's thirsty. Whoa. We, we covered three things, right? If you work and are heavy laden, you can come to Jesus for rest. If you're a child, you can come to Jesus and be received. And then those that are thirsty can come to Jesus. Do you see where I'm going here? Some of you might. How many of you have kids? How many of you came out of your mother's womb? I'm not seeing hands. Oh, that's terrifying. Okay, I don't know where you came from, but God knows. That's okay. He's, he got you. He made you. He knitted you. He knitted you. Bible says so. So we all have come from our mother's wombs. That means all of us have been weary and heavy laden. When a child comes out of their mother's womb, what is the first thing that a healthy child does? It cries so loud. Oh, my goodness. Weary and heavy laden. What is this world? What is this light? What is this cold? What is this hot? What is this? I'm afraid. Jesus has come to me. Your first meal, you come out hungry and in need and comfort from your mother. And your mother takes care of your thirst. You come out hungry. You come out thirsty. You come out stressed. Jesus says, all who are thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. Jesus says to the infant, come to me. Come to me. Guys, this is so cool. That means the moment that you've come out of your mother's womb, you have been given the right to become heirs of salvation, to join Jesus, 
to come to the throne freely of God and ask, and he will give it. Isn't this amazing? That means it is hard for any of us to be lost. But now here's the other catch. You can come into this world and say, Jesus, I don't need you. And he'll say, okay. But once you call out to me like that prodigal son did, I will come running and I will come and kiss your face. I will hold you and draw you close to me and no one will be able to take you from me as long as you allow me in. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9. If you can read the screen, then I guess don't turn there. But it's so much better reading it straight from the pages. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9. We're getting ready to close now. Genesis chapter 3 and what verse? Verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So I I want us to read that together this time. It's okay if you have different Bible translations. I would assume most of us here are KJV-only people, (laughs) which is fine. Oh, Oh, you got the clear word. Oh, that's nice. I've got the NKJV. Eventually, I'll have my Hebrew Bible here because I'm learning to read Hebrew. Amen, brothers, right? Amen, amen. Okay. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9 together. But this time, remove Adam's name from the scripture and put your name there. We're going to read it out loud. So when it says... Um, then the Lord God called to Adam. I'm going to say called to Shelby. And you're going to put your name there. And we're going to read it all out loud together. And we're going to be slow with it, okay? So we're going to go ahead and start now from the beginning, right now. Then the Lord God called to Shelby and said to her, Where are you? Where are you? What does that entail? What does that entail? Why do you call out for your children when all of you, almost all of you said you have kids? So when you say, hey, Jennifer, where are you? you? Why are you saying that? What is the point? To find them. Because they're not where they're supposed to be. They're somewhere else and you can't find them. So you say, where are you? Adam was scared. Eve was scared, and yet Adam came out and said, I was afraid. And God loved him and comforted him. He did not condemn him or slay him. Instead, he asked him questions. Who has done this to you? What has happened? And so it is, God is calling to you today, to the hurting. To you who are hurting, Jesus is calling You may be afraid just like Adam was, but let us not live in fear any longer. Jesus has come to reconcile us unto himself. This was prophesied in Daniel chapter 9 that God would send his son to reconcile us to God. Jacob's ladder is for us. Anyone that's come out of the womb and is laboring and heavy laden, that is stressed and depressed and anxious, he says, come to me. Those that are thirsty, every human has experienced thirst. Jesus says, come to me. 
Jesus is calling out to you today. The imperfect person that you are, in spite of who you are, he is calling to you. Will you answer the call like Isaiah did? In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. I'm going to go ahead and read it straight from here. I don't think I put it on the screen for y'all today. Let's see. No, I didn't put it on the screen today. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. To the wanderer, you no, long, you no longer have to wander, for you are home. Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He has come to be your physician, and he has come to call us onto himself. Jesus is calling, O sinner, come home. Abide with me, and I will make you free indeed. So after the message, um, I don't know if this is possible, but if any of the elders would like to stay behind, um, for anyone that would like to lay down what it is that they're carrying, any burdens, any stress, and you want to just allow the Spirit of God to come into you today, to change you, to remake you, and to make you heirs of salvation. If this is what you want, then elders, if you're able to stay behind, that would be great. Whoever feels that need, feels that draw, come speak to your elders. They'll pray over you and for you and with you. Um, or if you just need prayers of strength, prayers of strength, your elders are also here to help you. Um, and I'm also here if, if you're comfortable with that, and I can pray over you as well. Okay. So now, how many of you do want to be set free from the sins and the burdens that you're carrying in your life today? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity today to stand before your people, before your children, both the healed and the hurting. Father, thank you for bringing the guests in today that came through the back door. I know that your spirit is here and your spirit is working, Father, and we ask and we give you permission to knock on our hearts to cleanse us and make us new. Father, some of us do not feel worthy to be able to be loved by you. But Father, we know that it is your desire and your mission to restore us to your glory. It is not your desire that any should be lost. That's why you sent us your son, Jesus. Please help us to learn what that truly means for ourselves so that we can love others with the unconditional love that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.